We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS show. I'm Adam Zedroik, joined by Jack Burkhart, FanDuel connoisseur, Ryan Belangi, reigning King of the Pitch champion for at least one more week, at least one more week. We have one week left of the, the regular season here in the Premier League. We got a, we got a weird four-game slate here leading up into the 10-gamer, but Jack Ryan, fresh off of a Liga MX head-to-head contest. I'll let the winner speak first. Ryan, congrats on the head-to-head win last night. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I made my Liga MX debut last night. Jack got a little bit cocky and sent me a, a head-to-head, and, you know, he paid the price. Some, sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes you learn hard lessons in, in DFS. <laughs> well, you know, I'll say this, you know, beginner's luck. And I took it easy, <laughs> on, the, I took it easy <laughs> on the rookie in the Liga. <laughs> league mx ryan performed the dark arts he gg'd me early and then pulled the reverse jinx i should have i should have like uh not accepted his his uh i mean it was just the ultimate backdoor win i was down double digits and ended up eking it out by half a point i think all because of a clean sheet we'll we'll bring it back we'll bring it back so for saturday this four gamer we got a a 245 king the pitch uh, that is uh, just open. So there's plenty of spots left in case you're interested in the 245 contest. There's three tickets up for grabs in that. And then uh, the usual $5 entry with 666 entries uh, to win that one ticket, which is, uh, I think we had that last Saturday. I don't remember it being the, the craziest lineup, but uh, maybe my, my memory's not good enough. But I think we, I don't think it's going to be too difficult. Uh, to take down 667 other people, but maybe I'm wrong this week. Uh, as we can see in the odds here, I think it's because we have Liverpool, Manchester United, the exact same favorite with basically the same implied goal total, which is kind of interesting to me. Liverpool are home against Aston Villa, uh, seemingly pretty difficult matchup. Manchester United at Bournemouth, who uh, this is their last home match, but don't have anything to play for here. The other matches are Fulham home against Crystal Palace. Neither one of those teams have anything to play for, but again, home, uh, the final home match for Fulham and then also Wolverhampton have nothing to play for, but it's a final home match for them. They're home against Everton who still need points battling relegation here. 
and we got the TAA, we got Bruno, we got like all the classic names and, and only four teams. So I think this will be, I think it will be fun. Uh, cash games will be a couple debates. So you guys are already debating this morning about uh, the Bruno, Bruno slash TAA, the 1v1s going on over here. Uh, so I think it will be fun. But uh, in cash games here, we have no Jordan. We have no Jordan, the cash master, uh, to talk about this. But the first player into lineups is Diego Costa. Is that is that correct? Is that is that what you're doing, Ryan? Or are we are we thinking something else? Yeah, that's what Ryan <laughs> thinks. Um, maybe Diego Costa might be in play here. Yeah, it's an interesting slate, sort of similar to last week in that we have Palace, so there's some decisions there, and also Bruno and Shaw, some decisions there, and throw in the Liverpool fullback. So it's it's not that straightforward because you can't afford all these guys, and the construction isn't necessarily straightforward either. Um, yeah, I don't know. Liverpool and United with similar totals, both over two, and I don't know. Like, are people just going to – are people going to play Bruno in cash? I don't know. Are people going to play TAA for sure? I mean, you mentioned maybe not playing TAA. So, you know, there's some interesting topics for debate uh, with this slate. Jack, what do you got here at forward? We we have Salah is 10K. Eze is 9,500. We got these Manchester United forwards sitting in here as well. I think you're maybe one of your first uh, decisions here. Dwight McNeil, 8,600 at Wolverhampton. Seems kind of pricey. Uh, there's a lot of decisions here. It, it almost felt like last week was maybe last week wasn't as straightforward. We had the we had the Olise and, and Eze got the brace kind of a thing. But uh, Ford, a little bit different. I guess you're, we're going to have to decide if, if we want to spend on TA, Bruno, Olise. You got a couple midfield only players there. Uh, we don't have to worry about James Ward-Prowse on this slate, so that's that's a positive. But who are the first forwards here? Who is the most expensive forward that you're actually going to consider in cash games, Jack? Well, I was taking a look at forward. I think Mo Salah is probably a little too expensive at 10K, especially because you're going to depend on a goal from him. I don't know. It seems a little bit weird. I know Liverpool are at home, but I think Aston Villa are a good deal better than Bournemouth. And Liverpool and Manchester United are about the same. So I'm surprised to see at the same odds. I feel like it's a kind of tricky matchup for Liverpool. So just because of that, I feel even extra bad about paying 10K for Salah and cash. Eze feels a little expensive, and he doesn't seem too different from Dwight McNeil for me. So right now for my first forward, I'm thinking Dwight McNeil. If James Garner starts, he should take half the set pieces. Uh, I don't know how much Wolves have to play for, but Everton could use a result here. So... I think uh, he's had a pretty good floor lately, banking a 10-point floor. He's in good uh, goal-scoring form. It seems fine. It is a little bit expensive, but, I mean, what else are you going to do, Adam? I mean, I don't want to play Marcus Rashford coming off an injury. Eze is about the same, but $800 more, so that feels a bit expensive. Willian, I'll pass on that. And then you have the secondary Liverpool forwards who get subbed off. So if you're going to spend up, I do think it's going to be Dwight McNeil. And I think you do want to spend up once at the forward position just because it's so bad and i don't think you want to i don't think you want to play two of these cheap options i don't know what do you think ryan um yeah i agree um i mean as a 900 more than mcneil for for all the math people out there uh, not me 900 more than mcneil um but yeah that's a that's a little much um 
No, I agree. Like, you're not going to pay 10K for Saha. I agree, or Salah. I agree with what you said about Villa and Bournemouth. I guess, though, what I would say is Liverpool are probably that much better than United. So may- maybe the, even out the odds and the implied total that way. Um, but yeah, McNeil's had a good floor. He always plays 90. Everton still have a lot to play for. It's a good matchup against Wolves. I mean, I guess the only other guy. I guess you you could say Willian is in consideration. I don't know splitting sets and, but it's been getting subbed around eighty and probably a wider range of outcomes than McNeil. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Adam? So what do you guys think about Alex Awobi here at sixty one hundred? Um, I'm just trying to think if is McNeil worth the extra twenty five hundred? Maybe you're getting the eight to ten point floor from Awobi. And then you're getting the 12 to 14 point floor for McNeil. Is that extra 2,500 worth it for McNeil? I guess that's the question I'm I'm coming to here, at least in cash games. Yeah, I'm taking a look at his game log right now. A uh, shout out the Rotowire cheat sheet, and um, you know, two point floor against Manchester City. He had a four point floor against Brighton. He's had some good performances in in, in him lately. And it does kind of stink to pay 2500 for the set pieces, but that just does make a player more consistent. So I don't mind Iwobi if you want to choose him as your second forward. Um, and you can even, you know, do something like Iwobi Mitrovic in cash games if you want. I think there are some trade-offs that might make it worth it. You might not have to punt at a spot. You might get a better goalkeeper. And um, yeah, it's definitely not obvious, but there is a little bit of risk there. So I can't say that I prefer, I will be straight up. It's just a matter of, is that worth $2,500? Um, if I got the math right this time. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe if Garner doesn't start, I, I, I like a Wobi though. Like I, I was thinking about him too. Same price as Mitrovic, which is interesting for 6k. I could see people going to Mitrovic there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just in general, I like a Wobi though. You can throw out that that game against Man City. Obviously, the matchup against Brighton is tough. This is a much better matchup. It will be. I mean, he looks like a completely different player. Still, he he's been really good uh, for Everton this second half of the season. I don't mind that. No, I don't mind. Yeah, at I think all. you can play both. Yeah, I think the decision may come down to. I mean, it will come down to what you do at midfield what you do at defender if you use TAA, that kind of a thing. Uh, because obviously if you spend up on McNeil, you're not going to be able to spend up on two midfielders and TAA, maybe only even two of those guys, depending how the rest of your lineup looks. So uh, that will kind of, I guess we'll have to compare McNeil as we uh, move along here, compare McNeil to like the Olises, to the Brunos, even to TAA, I'd say, uh, compare all those guys together to see who we actually prefer um, obviously one is a forward spot, but I think it's, it might be helpful to actually compare all those guys together to, to see who you want. Adam, Adam you're talking like a Jordan comparing players across positions and, uh, what the trade-off is too sharp. Someone's someone has to Jordan's on a cruise right now. He's in Alaska. I mean, no, I mean, I yeah. think that's a good point. I haven't really thought of that. I've just kind of been plugging in McNeil for the forward spot, but I mean, I think, you know, if they're the same, let's ignore price and ignore position. I mean, I'd rather play Bruno than McNeil in this spot. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's a, that's a good point, especially if you can spend down a bit. Um, 
I think it will be a little bit tough to get up to Elise and Bruno, though, but I'm starting to skip around. Yeah, I mean, so last I, week, you know, no, just I was just thinking of last week, you know, you said it kind of wasn't straightforward, but you could get, you, you could get up to Bruno if you just played Onuachu for, what was he, 3,500. So that made everything work, which is sort of why I was considering Costa. Like, if, if it gets you on the right construction, I don't mind taking two points from, from especially, you know, this slate's a little bit different. Last week, there wasn't the forward options, I guess, like, you know, people were considering fringe Chelsea guys for 7k and Zaha for 8k. This is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You kind of making me think a little bit, Adam, like, do I want to play McNeil and a complete nothing like Costa or maybe, you know, it will be in Nitro or, uh, you know, something like that. I don't know. Well, you do have to worry about the negative two also for Costa. Uh, that's also uh, that's also in play. <laughs> yeah, I if... mean, he, I see. You know, he's averaging two point five fantasy points. I mean, <laughs> with with a goal, a goal in there to help that average. So yeah, I mean, Costa. Yeah, I guess that's why his price never gets above four K. Yeah, I'm looking at constructions right now, and if you did like a Mitrovic, I will be. You still have to choose between Olise and Bruno, mm-hmm. so maybe like the rest. So maybe that with TAA. Convi- yeah, yeah. If you're playing TAA, which I think I will, but um, you don't have to play Emmy, or you don't have to play like I have Varane in my utility right now, which seems suboptimal. I'm still tinkering around, but that extra two thousand twenty five hundred can definitely get you places. There's some okay mid price midfielders as well, so. Definitely interesting. I think outside of Mitrovic, I this doesn't sound maybe it sounds slightly crazy, but Albert Lewin's fifty two hundred, and even in cash games, I don't think it's you know the worst idea. I think he's going to be fine. He came off with a, a minor, I think it was a precaution that he came out with the last match, and he's been training, so I think he should be fine. But um, I mean, he's looked pretty good uh, in his few starts that he's got since returning from injury. And just the fact that, you know, Everton need this. I mean, I guess you could compare, like, is DCL worth it for 14, for 1300 more than Costa? I guess maybe that could be a question that you have there, but um, depends what you do with that extra 1300. But I think DCL is, uh, is worth a look. So otherwise, in the opposite side of that match, so for Wolverhampton, we have, we always have in play the, any of these guys go 45. I think Pedro Neto went 45 last week. Um, Lopetegui mentioned uh, in his press conference that, you know, this is their final home match that they want to, they want to get something out of it. They can't just, just because their season, they have nothing to play for. doesn't mean, you know, they're not going to give anything to their fans. So I'm not sure how much that means. Maybe it means, you know, five players go 45 again, but I mean, we talked about Costa a little bit, but are, as we go into this slate, are we considering any of these other Wolverhampton guys here? Uh, probably not. Well, I was gonna yeah, say, if you're, go for it. If you're trying, if you're trying to, it's kind of a joke, but it, it really, if you're trying to pair Elise, Bruno, and TAA, get all three of them. I mean, really, the only way to do it is, yep, you could double up on Wolves with Bruno Hechan, which seems, um, <laughs> <laughs> which seems suboptimal. Seems um, questionable. Yeah, it seems questionable. Or even like, yeah, I mean, the, the Dinky Do doesn't really. 
seen in play. I mean, yeah, it, you're gonna have to fade Alexander Arnold or Bruno. I, I think. If a uh, Veghor started, would you guys look at Veghor for forty three hundred? I mean, when has that ever worked out? Yeah. (laughs) I think it worked once in uh, Europa League, maybe. Yeah, though, like, if I had a construction, if I thought, if I thought Costa was a fine play, but if I could find the 400 to get up to Woot, then I'd do it. That's basically what I was going to say. I mean, if you're fine with a lineup that has Diego Costa, you have to be fine. You have to feel better. Absolutely. You have to feel better if you have Woot, even if he comes off at the 58th minute. I mean, you know, yep. I saw I saw him creating some chances. I uh, disrespected Voot a little bit earlier in the season. But, I mean, he's been playing a solid role for them. I don't know if it's that fantasy great, but, you know, he's really tall. He could accidentally score off of a set piece, especially if United are dominating possession. So, way more upside than Costa. So, only for purposes of construction, I think. Because I do think that Diogo Costa, we talked about a 3v3, Ryan, in uh, chat. And um, if that has merit, then replacing that with Voot has to be better. So that would make me feel better about such a construction if it opened itself up. Yep. Yeah, I I, I feel like I'm going to say there's no world in which I'm going to play Woot or or uh, Costa, but I played Onuachu last week and it worked. So maybe I'm I don't want to you know lie to the people here. Uh, so <laughs> so otherwise, yeah, I never forward... like like yeah like no, that's a good point though. I never expected to play Onuachu last week. And even when you right. said it in the Discord, when you first said it in Discord, like you said something jokingly like Onuachu and Cash or Cash Lock or something. And I just dismissed it. But then I thought about it like just a little bit later. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I'm just saying I, I never thought I would be playing him even when he first started. And then you think about it a little more and realize it just might not matter. I think it's just one of those things where you like laugh at it first, but then you click and you're like, well, I'm already punting once in my lineup. I'm just punting at a different spot completely. And, you know, it allowed us to get up to Bruno and Elise. That wasn't the popular construction, but it worked out. Yeah. I think when you do that, you have to have, you have to be like sold on a certain thing to happen that you need this guy in your lineup because I I was sold on Eze last week and I felt great. I was like, okay, Onuachi, whatever. He'll get me two points, but I, like I had a good feeling about Eze and it, you know, turned out it worked for me. But so if you have the same was, feelings about certain guys, uh, yeah, Ryan. No, yeah. Another great point. That's what I was going to say because yeah, like it, let me get Bruno and Olise who were like, yeah, both in great spots. And yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just Bru- Bruno at home to Wolves. Like I, I wanted that for sure. Like more so than, here away to Bournemouth like um, I mean like look at Bruno's floor last week and he only got an assist like he has a massive ceiling there and look what Olise did I mean just like you're getting clearly the top two players on the slate I don't know if it's necessarily the same here like we have these Mm -hmm. same guys but the spots aren't like you know as much of smash spots as they were so yeah, but Ryan, to add to that, I was thinking about, you know, comparing this slate to the last. I joke, this just kind of feels like a crappy reskin of the previous slate because so many teams are being reused and playing in different combinations, but people are more expensive. Like you have TAA is a bit more expensive. this Right. Week. And one re- and one thing that 
had people on a lot of sharp people were on just plain Olise and then playing mid-range players was that there were better mid-range options at midfield to be played and when we talk about midfield it's a bit more thin at midfield so the spot for Bruno isn't as good but the replacements I don't feel are necessarily as good maybe we'll maybe I'll disagree or maybe I'll we'll change we'll change my mind as we discuss it but that also has to play into the calculus right because I've gotten in trouble in cash games when I spend up twice at midfielder because I'm like, oh, these guys are both smashes. But there's just like enough value to smooth everything out that even though I have the two best plays, I'm just I'm losing three points in every single spot otherwise. And, you know, I finish, you know, 51st out of, you know, two spots off the cash line. I'm left like, oh, nobody runs worse. Well, it's because I didn't allocate my salary correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great point. At this no, point. it's, it's another good issue. point. It's one of them. I, I, that's, I think that's a common mistake that's a very common mistake i that that i made that mistake plenty of times and just like trying to jam the best expensive guys when there's value at that position like yeah that's that's like paramount to look out for stuff like that so as we get into midfield here the main talking point as we've mentioned many times already we got a lease 9700 bruno fernandez 9300 uh we kind of uh, we mentioned Eze a little bit, and uh, Elise took the majority of set pieces last week. I, I assume we're going to be we're going to want to be on Elise again here, but do we want Bruno over Elise? I guess that's that's the first question. If if we're not playing both, do we are we all agreement here on Bruno over Elise for four hundred cheaper? Uh, what do you think, Ryan? I would say no. I no? don't think so. Actually, no. Um, I think it's close, but there's just, I mean, more, I think Elise's floor is higher and safer, more set pieces. Um, you know, Bruno with, with Erickson and Shaw in there, it's not a monopoly and might even be a minority. I don't know what happened. What happened last time around? I, I was going to check that. It was a little. It was like a three-way split, and like yeah, Shaw took a couple short corners. Erickson started taking corners again, which I thought he wasn't necessarily. So I thought Bruno was a better play because it seemed like Erickson was off corners. But if all three of them are kind of rotating corners, yeah, I'm least... just yeah, I'm just expecting all three of them to sort of rotate on corners. So I'll side with Elise here. I don't know. Do you, do you guys feel differently? I mean, again, it's just it's a slight difference in matchups if uh, united united home against wolves i thought was better than like a way to bournemouth i don't know and i think like i don't know maybe i'm wrong what do you what do you guys think i prefer elise i was a bit like skeptical of that decision last week but you kind of saw how it played out this week elise just has an easier path to his median outcome because he gets to take most of the corners i mean you could worry about the fact that this is kind of a nothing match and these teams don't care, but I mean, Elise cares enough to at least be bombing in crosses every game lately. I, I just feel a little bit safer with it. Bruno can be a little bit frustrated. I mean, he's a great player. We get some stick, you know, with the Bruno donks quote and things like that. But if he is splitting set pieces, if he is going to be relying more on creating chances and shots, that's just more volatile than how Elise gets there. Um it's so very close, him. right? It's very close. I mean, I think Bruno probably scores 20 points slightly more often, but like 
consistently 15, like slightly less often, you know, something, something like that. I don't know. Like, what do you think, Adam? I think Bruno has more upside. Yeah, that's, that's what sure. I was trying to say. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw, I mean, mean, he took the seven shots last week. Olise, I I was, I liked Eze a lot last week because, I mean, he's just shown more upside than Olise. I know, you know, Olise had four shots uh, as well. But, I mean, just in terms of these matchups, it's, I mean, it's tough. I I mean, he had like uh, at least two goals, two goals this season in 35 uh, appearances. That's pretty telling. Yeah. So, and one was a long free kick, I believe, against United in like the 90th minute of, yes, of that one game. Yes. So. Yeah, the equalizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think – I almost think that if Manchester United get two early goals or something, then Bruno could have an eight-point floor and do nothing if he's not involved in those goals. Uh, because in that Wolverhampton game, they, they were still up 1-0 for you know the majority of that match. They're still pushing a little bit. So if Manchester United, you know, have the safe lead that you're just not going to get the, the usual four points that we see from him. But in most away matches for Manchester United, I mean, they're, they're kind of pushing the majority. They, they don't really have a lot of these, you know, easy leads here. And this is Bournemouth are OK. I, I don't know if if this is that much more difficult than, than facing Wolverhampton last week, but uh, again, I mean, this we're, we're splitting hairs here in terms of just matchups here. Uh, yeah, and Adam, if I can butt in, I don't think yeah. you're going to lose in cash because of a 1v1 on Elise versus Bruno. That's probably not going to do it, right? Like, you have to get forward, right, I think, and you have to get the rest of your lineup spots correct. I so. mean, but what if, like, Elise, because Crystal Palace have nothing to play for, what if Elise gets subbed off early and Bruno gets two goals? Uh, and how can we – I? it's like – There's, there's one like – sorry, no, I – I remember there's one instance here, at least away to Southampton, scoring nine points. Maybe maybe if that happened and Bruno scores twenty some, but yeah, I agree, it's probably not gonna probably not gonna beat you. I mean, you could look at. I, I don't know. It's hard to take. I was trying to dive into like Crystal Palace away from home because they haven't been very good. I mean, they have that big win at Leeds, but they were outplayed in the first half against Southampton. Uh, They ended up getting two goals in the second half and won that. But, I mean, you see that Wolverhampton game, they were down. I mean, I think it was a Saturday slate. They they gave up a goal in the first five minutes. So it was like Crystal Palace basically pushed for corners for 90 minutes, and he got a 20-point floor there. So, I mean, is is that going to happen again? Probably not. And then Crystal Palace, they barely did anything against Tottenham in their last away match. So, I mean, just the Roy Hodgson of it playing away from home, that that is kind of in the back of my mind here. So, um, but maybe, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's a good question to have, but I don't know if there's the, 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 a great no, answer. It, it's a good question to have. The, the answer is, can Play this both. Fulham team, the, no, the answer is like, how good is Fulham? Can this Fulham team like control a game for 90 minutes? You know, this without Pereira with those players in there against Palace, that's that's like what it would be to me. I, I don't know. Fulham seems still like a pretty good matchup. But, yeah, you're right. Like, Palace have been a different team away from home. I don't know. I'm just using the cheat sheet. Like The the floor stats that A grade over all the minutes over all the season, that doesn't, like, tell the complete story. But Elisa's floor doesn't really change home versus away. 
but Bruno does take a drop. And this is anecdotally what I expected from watching Manchester United games. It seems like Bruno duds out a little more often on the road. Of course, they're playing one match coming up and it's against Bournemouth, which is a much better matchup than usual. But I, I think these worries can also apply to Manchester United and Bruno Fernandes. Those numbers like back up what I was going to say or sort of what my point was about these matchups home and away or Bruno here. Just imagine United getting a 1-0 lead or 2-0 lead away to Bournemouth. Now imagine them having that one nothing or 2 nothing lead home to Wolves like last week. The last 20 minutes of those matches seem like they're going to be much different. Like United at home will be just trying to pour it on. Still floor points, floor points. But maybe like with a lead on the road, you know, not so much. That That's sort of how I think of it. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's it's not true. But, you know, with, with Jack, those numbers. I would compare seem... this. I would compare this to the away match at Nottingham Forest. And he had 23 floor points in that game. Obviously, we're not projecting that to happen again, but. They were up. They controlled the majority of that match. This was Nottingham Forest, a team on the same level as Bournemouth, you could argue. Uh, you could ar- actually argue Nottingham Forest probably had more to play for in that game because they're still battling relegation. Bournemouth, nothing to play for. So, I mean, there's a lot of – you could take these certain games be like, yeah, he only did this here, this here. But, I mean, I was scrolling through his game logs, and it's like three points against Newcastle, five against Liverpool. So, you know, that's – that's bringing down the average a little bit in these, in these bad away matches for Manchester United. And then, okay, they, they lost the game against Brighton and then against West Ham, he's still hitting 12, 13 floor points. So, I mean, you can, we can talk about this for 30 more minutes, but I don't know if we're going to. Maybe, maybe I can put it one more way because this is, I'm just thinking about this now as we talk about it. Let's suppose that Bruno projects on a median. We have a computer two or three points better than Elise or sorry, Elise projects two or three points better. Ryan made the point about Elise not having much goal upside, but Bruno definitely can take a goal, especially imagine if Rashford isn't starting. Then I think Bruno takes penalties. Maybe we just take the player and the better team and the better matchup who's more likely to score a goal and just say that two to three points is fuzzy. I'll get mm-hmm. forward right. And then give me the guy who will, I won't like lose necessarily too. Cause yeah. it feels like Elise like gets, there are more games where like, Bruno scores over 25 and Elise scores 12, then like, I think the reverse. Yeah. So maybe no, yeah. that's another way you could look at it. And that might be like the safer way to look at it. Should that have yeah. been my argument in the first place? Probably. Yeah. yeah. That's usually a good way to look at things. I mean, look at the disparity in implied totals, 2.1 versus 1.26. I mean, yeah, maybe it's easy. Maybe just play the player in the better game environments, assume they project about the same and then we'll win in the seven other spots. All right, how are we going to win in those seven other spots? That's the question here. So otherwise at midfield, if you don't want to spend up at those two guys, uh, the next guy that everyone wants to play is Fred. Fred is 6,600. No, no, never mind. Um, (laughs) There isn't really a ton here. So, I mean, Harry Wilson, 7,200, not really looking at that, 70 minutes from him. Christian Erickson, I'd say he's no longer in play, 6,300. Curtis Jones, if you want to brace here, he's 6,100. Uh, you got Aston Villa at Liverpool, probably not looking there. Uh, what else? Casemiro is 5,100. I know Jack's going to be talking about Jordan Henderson. He's down there at 4,200. Uh, I skipped over Ruben Neves. He's 6K. So you got a few guys, but not nothing really, you know, above 6K that you actually want to go with. So I think in this situation, you're either going to play both of these guys or 
you're going to, you're going to spend down a little bit and that's going to allow you to do Dwight McNeil. That's going to allow you to do TAA kind of a thing. Uh, is there someone I missed here, Jack, in the midfield that we, that we should, you know, consider in cash games or anyone that stands out at least? Um, I'll let Ryan talk about Ruben Neves. He's the captain of the Ruben Neves. Team <laughs> right now. And uh, the two names I considered, I was looking at um, that you didn't mention James Garner and Tom Kearney. Garner's probably, Kearney's probably a better play than Garner, but I know Garner does split set pieces. So seems a bit too much at 5k, but I don't know. Kearney is about the same, right? He splits set pieces. Feels like a bit too much, but I don't feel like I can bank my six points. And you have to play someone there. Um, and then Jordan Henderson. I mean, Liverpool are in a technically good matchup. Even if I don't like it as much, he'll be a little bit more forward, hopefully. He's been getting 5'6 floor at 4,200. So out of everyone in this range, if I'm going to spend less than 5K, my first button is going to be Jordan Henderson, I think. I don't know. Brian, what do you think? Yeah. Um... Do we like Henderson over Decoure and Matthias Nunez down here? And Paulinia? I don't think it's like that definitive. I I, I hear you. I mean, probably, but like, you can't really trust Henderson's minutes at, at this at this point, which I think about a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Short week, yeah, like, too. Yeah, and like he, just, he can't be that much better than Mateus Nunez, who like pretty much goes ninety minutes. So, so yeah, um, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion about those guys there. Ruben Neves, yeah, not normally like a guy I would get excited about, but he's going to be taking the majority of sets, and he would with with this projected lineup we have. Um, he takes penalties and it's a pretty good home matchup. I could get behind Ruben Neves. I don't think he's like necessarily a priority, but if I could get there, I would roster him. I guess like my thing is like, I like him a little more than I think the field will. People, I don't think really like to play Ruben Neves and he's a little bit expensive. So that, you know, has some appeal for tournaments for me as far as cash games. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he's gotta be fine. He, um, I don't know. Again, like not a great play, but a decent option on a slate where there really isn't that many options. Yeah. I'd rather play Ruben Neves than Mitrovic. So we were talking about this, like Dwight McNeil, Diogo Costa construction. The trade-off was you play Ruben Neves instead of some punt um, and Mitrovic. Right. So- right. That's yeah. That's an interesting question. Like, do you want to play, well, you got Mitrovic, Neves, and Andrew Robertson, Robertson all in that same range there. And Luke Shaw. If you're, I mean, Luke Shaw, right? too. Oh, yeah, okay. He's in my squad. So and just the, Okay, I was going to say the disrespect, you know. Glossed <laughs> <laughs> over that. We'll, we'll get to uh, – uh, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk uh, some tournaments after we just run through cash here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we need a big, it's going to be another long discussion on TAA here. So I, I think you can fade TAA, but I want to hear your guys' takes. Jack already said he's playing him. Ryan, Ryan yeah, I'll ask you. Are you playing? How much are you going to be playing him in tournaments? And do you think he's worth it in cash games? Um, if I had to say something definitive, then I would say that yes, he's worth it. Um, I tried to like. I think fading him is intriguing because it's a big price tag, and maybe his floor is not as high as it would be if he was right back or if he was, you know, still playing where he used to play and not in central midfield. But um, my thing was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll just play Robertson for, for 2k cheaper. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, get married to these game logs, but they're worrying for me for Robertson. They're worrying for me. I mean, he doesn't really score 10 points all that often. And you have Samika sitting there. So, I mean, I know Robertson's always a tough one, but it seems like it's in a little lull since since they went to this new formation. I know he takes corners. I know he's got assist upside. But, yeah, I just – I wasn't comfortable playing Robertson over TAA. If you are, then I think you could fade TAA. Yeah, I mentioned this – must have been kits and wagers. I don't know what I mentioned this on. Maybe I mentioned it to myself, but uh, Robertson talked – sometime in the middle of the week, maybe at the press conference that he's playing in a more conservative role and Liverpool are just playing more conservative. And he's, he's, he has, he's picking his spots out when he's going to attack. And, and that pretty much lines up with, with what Ryan's saying. And I guess, you I think the main difference is, you know, TAA just has the upside Robertson. The upside is no longer there. He basically all of his stats are coming from corners, the split of corners, so is the is the upside worth it with TAA, who's you know he, he's sending in balls into the box every ten minutes, kind of a thing, uh, for two K more. Um, got the goal off a set piece the last match, but the one I mean the one thing that kind of just stands out to me is you know through this winning streak, Liverpool have had I don't mean I mean some fairly favorable matchups. This is you could argue that this is maybe one of their more difficult ones. Um, I know, I know they did play Arsenal at the, at the beginning of this, you know, formation switch or whatnot, and they got in the up and down battle against Tottenham, but I do think this is a pretty difficult matchup and we'll have to make a decision here. Let, let's, uh, let's so do that. Difficult matchup for who? I mean, I think for both sides, for Liverpool, I think this is, okay. I mean, Jack's kind of been saying this, but yeah, I don't know why they're the, like well, two was, two implied goals is just a lot in this spot. So yeah. then, what, what what do you guys think about this question from Chan? TAA's new role in the team does it help his Does it help or hurt for DFS? I mean, how how do you analyze that? 
I think I asked this in a Discord chat, and because the Premier League like Twitter account posted this heat map, and basically in a game where Liverpool dominated possession, Trent Alexander-Arnold was parked just outside the box on the right side, and from this position, if he's going to be getting touches, he's going to be crossing, he's going to be more likely to shoot, and he's going to be more likely to create chances. I think get some shots assisted. Along with that, he is still taking half of the set pieces. And he fills a defender spot. So I think that's really good in situations where Liverpool do keep the ball. But is he going to have that type of heat map? Is Liverpool going to have that type of possession against Aston Villa? I don't really know how Aston Villa are going to approach the game. But since I am skeptical about the odds, maybe I should be a little bit more skeptical of Liverpool's ability to boss this game. And that directly ties into how you can project Trent Alexander-Arnold. But then it kind of becomes gross at defender because if you don't like Trent, as Ryan said, you don't really like Robertson. So you're just playing Shaw and then what else? I mean, you could get smoked if you're wrong. You're, you're hopeless if the Liverpool guys each get 13 points and you're like playing for six points from some of these other characters. I don't know. I don't. Uh... Well, Ryan, you're the Unai Emery guy here, former Arsenal yeah. manager. Aston Villa have not allowed more than one goal in nine of their last 10 away matches. And that one match was at Manchester City. Um, I mean, we talked about it, I don't know, a month or two ago about how Aston Villa were, you know, just better team away from home. That's that's changed a little bit here. But the way that they're playing, they're, they seem to be, you know, limiting their opponents quite a bit. I mean, it, it's resulted in a couple losses here, a couple 1-0 losses and whatever. But, I mean, how, how much is that going to come to, into effect here in this matchup? Just Unai Emery game planning for this Liverpool team here. Yeah, it's tough. I would guess. I would guess that yeah, they they limit. You know, they can they can limit the clear cut chances that Liverpool would have, but I don't see them really limiting floor points away from home. I mean, it's just it's tough to see. It's tough to see Villa having long periods of possession, or you know. You, you, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool at home here is just still going to be a good spot for floor points, I think. I know, like, Emery is great for game planning, and maybe we won't see a lot of clear chances, but I still think it's going to be Liverpool on top. I don't know. That's just... This yeah, isn't one like, to like, one, I but... would, no, uh, Like, I would... Villa will try to hurt them on the counter, and they can do that. And I think Emery is confident that his team, like with this style they can come up with like just two or three really good chances and like that's what they'll play for rather than trying to have the ball and like create a more you know create more consistently so I mean you know it's it's a good spot for Trent's floor I guess is what I'm trying to say this isn't one-to-one but I just want to say like just a recent match against Manchester United okay you can you can you know compare Manchester United Liverpool same quality as squad a little bit there but Manchester United got the goal in the 39th minute. They only had one corner. They took 14 shots. Uh, Bruno had like a six-point floor in that match. He got the goal. But, I mean, just a, just an example of, you know, Aston Villa, it's not like it's not like no. they're going to sit back and just be like, okay, let's allow 10 corners and 20-plus and shots kind of a thing. I, I mean, I think they're a good enough team that, that it's not, uh, you know, automatically going to be the case, as the odds seem to suggest here. But, Jack, what do you got? Well, I'm just wondering – we, we're talking about the merits of TAA as a play, but what does the lineup look like if you don't include him? So would you play Robertson and Shaw in that lineup, Adam? 
Well, I, I, the next question I was going to ask, I think it's, should we compare the, would we want TAA over Elise, over Bruno, over Dwight McNeil kind of a thing? He's, uh, I think you might be able to think about it. You can compare him to McNeil because that's within 700, but he's like 1600 cheaper than the other two players. So I think if you're playing, if you're fading TAA, I mean, to your question, Jack, I want to know what you think, but I think if you're fading TAA, no, I would not play both Robertson and Shaw. I would want to do something by fading TAA. So like play Varane or someone for a 3K, I mean, and, and use that 5K. That's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm not sure I, I particularly care for the lineup I built if I put Elise, Fernandez, Robertson, and Shaw. Because mm-hmm. then you have like 5K for utility. That's if you punt at goalkeeper and you're still kind of exposed. You're doing the thrifty version of the forward position. Um, doesn't feel like necessarily enough gained, especially if you're fading Trent, you should probably apply right. that same reasoning to Robertson. So I uh, do agree with that. Yeah. And then just, I don't know. Well, do, you, the do you guys have Bruno, Olise, and TAA in your teams though? No. I only have one what? of them right now. Yeah. So, I mean, if you fade TAA, that's – we had the 20 minute conversation on Elise Bruno. Why don't you just put them both in your team? If, if you like them more than TAA, I guess that's kind of, yeah, no, that's the answer. That's what I, if I faded TAA, I would be playing Elise and Bruno for sure. For sure. That's the reason to do it. But TAA is also $1,800 cheaper than Elise. Yeah. And I guess, you know, just to play devil's advocate, you know, if Trent Robertson and maybe you think Trent Robertson and Shaw, I'll finish right around 10 points. If, if you're, if you, if you were confident in that, then sure. Then, then you could go with that strategy. I'm just, I'm not confident in that. All right, Jack. So second defender, let's, let's rank, uh, let's rank Andrew Robertson, Luke Shaw, Kenny Tete, Anthony Robinson, Matthias Vigna, uh, Nelson Semedo. I'm just going to list. I'm just going to list, list every guy. Well, <laughs> Matias Vina, number one. Obviously. Okay, that's what I thought. I had to put no. him in there. So, yeah, I put Robertson in first, but Shaw's probably better just because, uh, well, I don't know necessarily, but I do like the Manchester United matchup a little bit more. I mean, they're two players. They're about the same price. They're both playing, splitting set pieces, and uh, they're both on favorites. So I guess you can kind of shrug your shoulders <laughs> a little bit. Um I'm kind of a Luke Shaw guy, though, so, you know, I think I'll take that side of the 1v1, and I just do think that the Bournemouth matchup offers a little bit more in floor than the Villa matchup might, so just due to that sort of systemic risk, I think I would prefer Shaw, but it's very close, Sean Robertson, and then I can't pay 5.7k for Kenny Chete in cash games. I'm a card-carrying Anthony Robinson hater. I feel like he always just, like, scores four points whenever I play him. Sometimes he gets these, like, ten cross performances and then gets five tackles one. But that feels like an outlier, so I don't want to pay 5K for that. And then you're starting to get into the uh, fullback dead zone in the 4Ks where you're kind of wondering, what the heck am I doing here? Why don't I just click on Toti at 2.8K if he starts or Rafael Varane I would prefer at 3.1K. So I do have a question here. Oh, I'll shoot this to Ryan. Uh, we got the we got an Everton question that I'm I'm projecting some change here. I could be wrong, but so Everton started Mason Holgate at left back. That was against Manchester City last week. Uh, didn't look very good. It was against Riyad Mahrez. So okay, maybe he gets maybe he gets a pass on that. But 
Uh, Connor Cody came in for him. Connor Cody, he's on loan from Wolverhampton. He's not eligible to play in this game. And actually, when Cody went in, Tarkowski was playing a little more on the left side. I kind of think they're going to go three center backs, as you can see on this on the screen here. Keen, Mina, Tarkowski. That's just a guess on my part because uh, I can't envision, you know, Deitch wanting to go back to Mason Holgate, but I could be wrong. Maybe he's going to give him another chance. So we got Nathan Patterson. That comes to my point here. We got Nathan Patterson at 3,600. Could be in a wingback role. And then that, in addition to what if Dwight McNeil is actually playing in a wingback role instead of, you know, maybe a more attacking role? Does that actually change uh, your thoughts uh, in terms of what McNeil is actually going to do? Um, again, this is kind of a made-up formation because they haven't done this yet, but uh, just in case and something like this happens, uh, what, what do you think, though? Um, I, would I would play Patterson. I right. mean, just a simple answer to your question for 3,600. If, if I, if that's the formation, yeah, give, give me Patterson for 3,600. Um, McNeil, maybe a slight change to the upside, but I wouldn't really say it affects his floor. I, I wouldn't try to, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, yeah. Patterson looks pretty good for, for 3,600. I don't know why he, he, such a sharp, decrease in price i mean he was just 4200 against city 4800 against brighton too much tougher matchups so i mean 5k a few weeks back against Fulham. why is he 3600 was he subbed off early sometimes dk really not i mean i think back back to back 90 minutes i believe yeah back to back 90s i mean yeah he uh uh, deitch didn't really like him but he's been forced to play him because coleman's out and godfrey's out so there's basically no other options uh, there. <laughs> they have no left backs, and their only option at right back is Patterson, who Deitch uh, didn't really like beforehand. So, I mean, I can see why. They, um, Patterson is an attacking fullback. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like just makes me want to play him even more. But, yeah, I, you can see why Deitch has been preferring defense. It's been working out. You know, his everything he's done with Everton has been working out. But yeah, I mean, for DFS, give me Patterson. He he loves to get forward. He I remember for Rangers, he was great. Yeah, I mean, you can use him as second defender if you want to just go that route, or you can use him. He'd be probably one of the best utility players in that range. I mean, I'm thinking about using Jordan Henderson in utility. I think I'd rather play Patterson. I mean, it's probably more yeah, likely to the go the 90s there too. Right? Yeah. Yeah, if, if you scroll down here, we got there's a chance eight in a restarts, maybe. We'll never know with Wolverhampton. Uh, I, I guess he's he's 100 below Toti. But what do you guys think about this? Uh, uh, this is tournament only. Uh, it just came in my head here. But we got Luca Dina is 2,600. What if you just played him? Let's envision, let's envision Liverpool. You know, they have a lead. Luca Dina comes in and Aston Villa are pushing the final 20 minutes of the match. You're getting 2,600. Jack had to mute himself. He's just cracking up. But we got Luca, <laughs> D- we got Luca Dina at 2,600. Maybe, maybe set pieces in the final 20 minutes. I mean, isn't that is? Are there worse tournament strategies than getting like a possible assist from Dina for 20 minutes off the bench at 2,600? I mean, it's either that or go with the center back, right? Or Toti? I mean. Your, your, sh- I mean, your showdown brain is showing right now, Adam. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I like I like where your head's at. I mean, I'm 
I'm always thinking about subs, but I've never considered a, a defender sub. I mean, 2,600, no. My answer is no to your question. But, <laughs> um, like, say, like, Villa were the biggest favorite on the slate then maybe I wouldn't say no. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> but no, I mean. <laughs> All right, fine. He got he got 5.8 points at Brentford. So, I mean, would that's, you be fine with five points from 2.6K 2, 2. here? Yeah, but that's a tough outcome for, you know, and you don't even know if he's going to come on in, in five points in 10 minutes. Against oh, he's going to come on. At come Anfield? On. Yeah, at Anfield. I mean. I guess that's, that's I mean, your seven hundred person king of the pitch strategy if you really want to go. What do you there, mean but... at Anfield? We just Jack, you just watched Tottenham go at Anfield and me. this is bullying. And, and scored, <laughs> scored no, they scored three goals and and they're they're in control for I don't know forty five minutes there. Uh, All right, fine. You can go ahead. I'll. <laughs> All right, you guys have any other defenders that stand out here? Um. No, probably just, probably just mine this uh, this Trent Robertson and Shaw. I'll play a lot of those players. And then um, I do like this construction where you fade Liverpool and then you only play Shaw in tournaments and then you just play someone like Patterson and then, um, or Varane in your second defender spot. Because the yeah. Liverpool fade seems fine, if, especially yeah. if they're going to be popular in tournaments. Sorry to pivot to tournaments like that, but I mean, there's your strategy. We're talking about if that's cash optimal, but I mean, Put that into any GPP you want, and I think that has appropriate leverage and upside to do really well. And I think it it has it's live. It's not like a it's not like a completely ridiculous outcome. All right, yeah, Jordan's no, not here. I don't like any other defenders. You guys ready for this? I'm Let's ready. do it. We got goalkeeper for the podcast listeners here. We got the wheel of names. We got the goalkeeper. We're spinning for the goalkeeper of the week. This is big. Uh, last Emmy. time, Emmy. Is it always Johnstone? <laughs> the wheel's rigged, man. This is a uh... wow. Sam Johnstone gets it again. Okay, so Sam Johnstone at Fulham. Uh, do you guys have any have any goalkeeper thoughts here? I mean, that's a genius play, right? If people are going to play Mitrovic, he only plays sixty minutes, and you watch Carlos Vinicius, the goat, come off the bench, and uh, Johnstone's just going to rack up saves and easy clean sheet. Plus, I think he's like one of the cheaper, acceptable home keepers. He also he also has that going for him. Ryan, how much Emmy Martinez are you gonna have? Plenty, actually, yeah, plenty. Because uh... I might have him in every lineup. I don't know. I'm just gonna kill. I'm just gonna. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He's 3,800. The odds. Ah, it. Yeah, I mean, plus if you're, I'm on board with Jack's little tournament preview of fading. Liverpool, so I'm just gonna have some Emmy, a good amount of Emmy for sure. I think this another thing. That's, well, I'm just gonna say another thing that stands out. No one's above really 35% chance for a clean sheet. Like this isn't a slate where we got 45% chance, 40% chance. You know, Liverpool 35, Manchester United 34. So it's not like that high end, the high end guys stand out. So this is one of those slates where it's like why don't we just spend down because it's not like the, the high end guys are guaranteed either. So what were you going to say, Jack? I was, you literally just stole, stole the words out of my mouth. I mean, I don't want to like play you stole my lineup last night. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> please. <laughs> I think, um, 
I don't want to play Ali Stone against Aston Villa after what I've said, and then I really never feel great about playing De Gea. It's fifty five hundred, but like I said, Bournemouth are going to these... score. Yeah, <laughs> I said Chel- or I said Nottingham Forest were going to score last week. Uh, I'm going to say Bournemouth are going to score. This is their final home game. They're going to score against Manchester United. Yeah, and players are pretty expensive on this slate. At least the good plays. So goalkeeper spending can be a bit of a luxury and it's you're not even getting that much so it's like all the the slate pressure has there's like upwards price pressure which makes it harder to spend up the spend ups aren't even that good at goalkeeper so that everything is kind of pointing to just playing a cheaper home keeper in this match in this slate sorry mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. Uh, jordan's technical strategy the cheapest home goalkeeper i think is that what it is so it'd be netto Neto at 4K? Or cheapest favorite home goalkeeper? Whatever it is. Jose Sa? No, no, just keep cheapest home keeper. Okay. Neto. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, I don't know. I like Martinez more than Neto, to be honest. but I might spend up for Allison on a couple. Just thinking about it. Hopefully other people don't like it the same as you guys. So I just, I'll just say Liverpool have ran off seven straight wins, three straight clean sheets. Allison's going to... Oh win their player of the year awards he's had a great season i i I can get behind allison if i have money especially if i'm fading like the liverpool forwards i'll say it's not that i don't like it but i'm not sure this is a slate where like the 14 points from a goalkeeper is is gonna win is gonna win tournaments but i mean maybe it will be who knows maybe there's barely any goals and and you're getting 14 you're getting the 14 maybe it's only clean sheet maybe only goalkeeper above 10 so like yes, yeah, sometimes you just have the money. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have the money. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we got to talk about these games. We we talked fifty five minutes. We need to hear. We need to hear everyone's thoughts about what's going to happen. I think. Uh, uh, I think. <laughs> I think Jack's going to be fading this Liverpool Aston Villa match. So I'll just quickly go through my thoughts. I think. I think all the matches will be over. Two and a half goals, but Liverpool, Aston Villa. That's my hot take. I think the other games, I think there's going to be goals in Wolverhampton, Everton. Uh, I think Wolverhampton's fine. Uh, I think Wolverhampton are, you know, they're keep saying this. I'm going to say this probably again, but it's their last home match. Everton have been pressing a bunch and they're going to try and go for it early. Might open them up in the back. Fulham, Crystal Palace. Last time Fulham were home, it was 5 3. Uh, I think there's going to be goals there. And then Bournemouth, they always allow goals. So, I think there's going to be goals there, but Ryan, what game, what game would you be pinpointing here for the first game you're pinpointing for tournaments? Uh, yeah. Fulham palace and wolves Everton. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, especially if is Bruno going to be the most popular player, I just see chance comment. Bruno going to be higher owned. Is Bruno going to be the most popular player on the slate again? Like, I, I can fade that. I could fade Liverpool and just stack one of those other games, especially because those other games have players that I want to play. I mean, you got we got the Palace guys. Fulham, you could run it back with Willian or a center forward. Wolves, you got Neves and cheap center forwards. You got McNeil, maybe Wobie, maybe Calvert-Lewin, maybe Patterson. I mean, yeah, all, all those games look pretty good for stacking. To me. Do you think you can win tournaments using Wolverhampton players, like hoping yeah. for goals? It's how, tough, how many, right? Yeah, how many of those guys finished with above 15 or 20 points? I don't think it ever it's happens. Tough. It's interesting, no. though. I, I thought I would be laughed at for talking about this, but I made a couple tournament lineups that 
featured some of these 6K forwards, then 6K and below, like someone like Matias Kuna, he usually plays at least 80 minutes. And what if he scores a goal? You just think about if he scores a goal, what type of thing can you do with the construction? And um, the answer, I think, is quite a lot because it does allow you that to spend up a little bit at your other lineup spots. So I don't know if it's like a, like a, it's like a chicken or egg situation. Like, do I think they're good plays or do I just, if they do well, I can build lineups that I like. Um, no, that's, that's what it is. If they do well, you can build lineups that you like. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing. And I was, yeah, I was looking at Cunha for 5,500. He's the same price as Edward for 5,600. He's the same price as Edward. So like there's a much that's better chance. That, you know, but, but there's, there's a, I always talk about this, but like you said, can they do good? Well, I don't know just if there was one of them, but you got two chances. So, like, can one of those guys do good and then make your construction work? Probably. I mean, it's a better chance at least. So, yeah, I, I like the the cheap forwards. Um, I mean, what's I mean, wrong you... with in tournaments just taking two from this list? Mitrovic, Kuna, Edward, Calvert-Lewin. Even Jordan Ayu, if you want to spend a little bit more, you're spending 12k at forward. If you're hoping you hit a goal parlay, but I think the yeah. point is, is that you'll be jamming floor points in the rest of your lineup. So you're just playing the best plays in the rest. And uh, you, you can know, play any of those guys. You can play your boy Django. Oh, don't I don't want to talk about. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you could play Heat Chan. I'd even play Heat Chan. Yeah, you could play Heat Chan. Um, I mean, you could even play. No, I don't want to play Solanke. Never mind. But I mean, that's the point. It's it's more of a point about a construction. If you think one of these guys will score, if you think two of these guys could score a goal or even get an assist, you know, maybe you can get like, you can win at the forward position with a cumulative total of like 25 points from both of your forwards. What has to go, what has to go right on the slate for that to be winning? You just need Liverpool to fail and you need Rashford to get subbed off at the 60th minute. I mean, Seems perfectly reasonable in larger contests to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to point out, I think everyone in Wolverhampton is in play to be subbed off early. So that's that's just the one thing that should be in the back of your head. Like Toady nah, only Ruben Neves. Toady only made it 62 minutes. I mean Neves, this is the this is the last home game. Maybe he gets a send-off. I was just thinking, have you uh your question, has has Wolves guys ever won tournaments for people? Ruben Neves has won a few tournaments for people. He's known for getting these uh yeah, you know, I, he'll, I he'll be on. He he'll be on. Recently. He'll be on eight, nine, ten, four points, and gets the eighty-fifth minute pen, the ninetieth minute pen. I mean, I and it feels like Ruben Neves does that pretty often. Um, I don't know if that was a showdown or not because I had him in that Crystal Palace game. He got that late goal. Um, mm-hmm. whatever. But so, how popular do you think these Manchester United guys are? Um, Rashford nine K, Martial seventy four hundred, but. You know, best odds to score up there with Salah. We kind of have, I mean, we kind of glossed over Liverpool a little bit. I mean, despite our, I don't know if I want to say hate here, but just our, our thoughts in terms of this matchup. But I mean, we look at the odds, Liverpool, Manchester United, same implied goal totals, Rashford, Salah, Martial, those guys are up there. How popular are these expensive favorite guy's going to be here i, I mean is well, Salah going to be popular at 10k like is he going to be over 30 percent sure. so that's that's the other part of the argument i think Salah will be for sure but i can't see like anthony being popular and you know maybe 
you know, sometimes you got to think maybe we're not the only ones thinking like this. You get a thing where no one really wants to play these other United guys other than Rashford. No one really wants to play these Liverpool guys other than Salah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Unless they do. I mean, are those guys going to be owned? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just completely wrong. I, like, I sometimes I think the whole field thinks like this, but then they don't. Yeah. And, like, just because I refuse to play the best plays and uh, then complain about <laughs> it, like, when these, like, minus 110 goal scorers score, like, Salah's perfectly fine. I bet you can make some good lineups. I really haven't tried to do it yet just because – I think salary is a bit tight on this slate and I just don't want to spend 10 K on what's going to be like a 20 to 30% Mo Salah. It, it just, it just feels like a lot, but I'm, I, I think I'm fine with it. Right. Liverpool are still favors. We're doubting the odds a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't hate that route. I just, uh, yeah, I, don't know, I, I think... just prefer to get my floor points for my defenders. And that just makes it really, really difficult for me to play Salah. So right. that's kind of where I'm left at. One of the reasons I came up with that question was just, like I'm looking at Martial, I don't think he's going to be that popular at 7,400, though, you know, third best odds of score. And if I can see, if I envision, you know, Manchester United winning 2-1, 3-1 or something like that, then why don't I rarely, I feels like I rarely play Manchester United, but if I think they're going to score multiple goals here, why don't I play any of their players? And I mean, it could be a slate where you get a brace from, from someone on Manchester United, uh, that kind of a thing. And I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe it happens. I mean, we we're, we're talking about Wolverhampton players and it's like, okay, maybe the, this guy will get 70 minutes. Maybe he'll, he'll get a goal in 70 minutes kind of a thing or Manchester United, maybe in a better matchup against Bournemouth. Maybe, I don't know. So what do we got here? You guys have any, th- any other thoughts here? Did I ask favorite um, players? It? Should, we, like, should we call Jordan up and, and ask his favorite player? Uh, no, I'm I just, just like... I, I, I'm just looking at some of the comments I wanted to. Another ch- Chan's always got the good comments talking about Bruno having a, a worse temper than Bear. You know, Bruno, I was watching the game, the last game with my brother, and he just said something that was spot on. Bruno is the outfield version of Jordan Pickford. The two guys that just are the most tilting, the worst body language all the time, like just just babies out there, and it's just so tilting. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Bruno complains about everything. Uh, yeah, he, he's yeah, he's the Jordan Pickford of outfield players. No matter Moan what you. happens, <laughs> moan you. Jack, what, what's your favorite matchup to to target in tournaments? Does anything stand out? Well, I told you, I don't like playing the good plays, so I'm going to play these stupid Wolves forwards and then try to get all the floor points right. And then I'll, Sounds like a terrible strategy. Then, but... then I'll complain when I have <laughs> four points in each spot. Um, Who's your favorite know. player? Edward? Who's my favorite player? Uh, we haven't I... mentioned Ali Watkins yet. What is anyone going to play Ali Watkins here? I'd rather play Solanke. But okay. yeah, the, 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 you know, it's not the worst. It's, Both guys know. like sub 5%. If I'm going to yeah. play an Aston Villa guy, I'll just play like John McGinn at 4,800 and utility or something, hopefully, if he's playing on the right wing or Jacob Ramsey. So I choose I choose my punishment from Villa guys in a different order. And usually uh, Watkins is last in that list. Um, you know, it could turn into, you know, Liverpool, Tottenham 2.0 and then you know, all of our prior comments mean nothing and you get a brace from Watkins, you get a brace from Salah, you get a goal from Gakpo, something crazy like that. 
TAA has got a couple assists and everything we said doesn't, doesn't matter because someone scored in the first 10 minutes and things just went crazy. The game got nutty. Yeah, yeah. it could happen. I mean, the Villa guys are cheap if you want to take a stab at um, this game being back and forth. I mean, I always play these Villa guys, so I don't really have to convince myself so much. But if you think if you think Villa have a shot, why not? That'll definitely be different. And you could still play like, uh, because they're cheaper, right? So you could play like Mo Salah and uh, John McGinn in the same lineup if you want, stacking that maybe, game. Yeah, maybe you just... Maybe you just play the best plays, right, Jack? Like you said, I mean, obviously these Wolves guys aren't going to score, so you just play Pickford. So no one's going to play him, and I just talk shit about him. So Pickford, obviously, he's going to be the keeper. Throw Bruno in there too. Bruno and Pickford combo. There you go. Yeah, and then play a Man United forward. Play uh, play whatever Liverpool forward. Play the good players on good teams instead of <laughs> the bad, yep. the mediocre players on bad teams. Uh, interesting Who are the good teams? Liverpool it. and Manchester United? Yeah, I mean, they have implied goal total of two. Like, we're talking about playing forwards from these games with, like, that could end 0-0 rather easily. So, I don't yeah. know. I, I stand by what I said. I think the Liverpool-Aston Villa match is more likely to be under two and a half than any of these other games, but could be wrong. So... All right, flag plants. Uh, Ryan's flag plant is Solanke, and Jack's flag plant is John McGinn. Uh, my flag, my flag plant will be Abdullah Dukure. Another <laughs> brace. <laughs> um, I might. Uh, I, I'd say Tottenham or Fulham as well. Uh, I haven't decided on my Fulham piece, but I think they're going to get a couple goals. Dukure. Yeah. Dukure's second goal against Brighton was awesome. That whole that that game was crazy. Repeat five one performance. Wait, I don't it. have a. I mean, no flag plants. No flag plants for me. There's no I think must you can play tell who I like. There's no must play. None of those guys. Bruno, you could play Bruno or Elise, right? You don't have to play TAA. There's certainly no must play forwards. So, I mean, just uh, yeah, play whoever you want. Yeah, one hour, eight minutes. Play whoever you want. That's the. That's all that matters. If you made it this far, that's what you've learned. We're just we're just uh, working out our our vocal cords here for the the ten next week's ten gamer. That's gonna be that show is uh, it's always fun. It's always fun. I don't. I think we stay. I think we stayed around the hour mark last year. I don't know. I can't remember, but it's gonna be us three and. We're going to be, someone's going to be winning 100K in this show. It's going to be uh, a very special day for that show if it's on the Friday, my 30th birthday. So we'll have to have cake and everything. Wow. Wow. So we got 30th birthday. birthday king of the pitch show. Perfect. <laughs> so that means someone's definitely going to win. So yeah, 100K. Me. There you go. Jack's going to win. He's got his ticket, he's ready to go. All right, you can find Jack at Jack Burkhart on Twitter. I am at Ryan Belangi. I no, I am at Roto's. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's at Ryan Belangi. I, I have I have not mentioned Rotowire. Uh, sorry, I'm just losing my words here. Rotowire.com slash soccer trial free 48 hour trial. Get that. Get this clean sheet. Not the clean sheet. Cheat sheet. Uh, get into our Discord, <laughs> we got to end this. 
rotor.com slash chat. Check out Kits and Wagers betting show. Me and Chris Owen, check that out. It's on YouTube. It's on the podcast feed. Talking too long. Maybe I can't do 70 minutes. I'm just losing everything here. I'm just losing it. But we're going to win these contests. We're going to win another ticket here. So good luck to everyone. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Ryan. See everyone next week. Good luck, everyone. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everybody. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.